Hello, thank you for tuning into Mum Talk. I'm Emma and we are back with a brand new series and brand new conversation with my co-host, Ali Bastian. Hi, I'm Ali, wife to David, mother to Isla and pregnant with number two. And you might recognise me from hit shows, Hollyoaks, The Bill and Strictly Come Dancing. Ali and I are in the thick of motherhood and we are here to deep dive into it all with you. We are here for it all, the highs, the lows, the journey that is motherhood, the realities of building a family, life, love, laughter, tears, heartbreak, you name it. Grab a cuppa or pop your headphones in and head out for a walk. Join us for Hearts on Sleeves Mum Talk and let's journey through motherhood together. Should we set the scene for everybody? Because let's set the scene. Yeah. Let's set the scene. I feel like Mum Talk listeners may be a little bit confused. Let's share what's happening. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to uh, Mum Talk. So we're going to switch things up a little bit. I will let Ali introduce herself in a minute, but she is my cousin, mum to one, but pregnant with another one. So essentially mum to two. Ali is going to join me on the podcast. We are going to be sharing everything from parenting, motherhood, life, love, marriage, everything, I reckon. It's good to hear this because we haven't even really gone into it, have we? Like what we were going to share, we were just like, we haven't caught up for ages because life has just totally got in the way and it's just been really full on. And so we were like, shall we have our actual first like catch up live? And yes, it'll be interesting. So this is not planned to chat and I've no idea what we're going to talk about, but I love hearing what you're planning on covering because yes, I think we should cover all of those things and more. Well, my notebook is blank, which is always a good sign, I think, for a podcast because it means the most natural conversation is going to happen and we've got nowhere to go in particular in the amount of time that we have. Um, So, Ali, introduce yourself. Cool, really quickly before I do, I was just going to say there's one thing that's going to happen in the next little while, again, keeping it organic, is my alarm's going to go off and I'm going to need to check my blood sugar because I have gestational diabetes. So, um, yeah, I have to just stay on top of that. So it's going to go off. I'm going to just deal with it while we're chatting because I've learned basically to pretty much do it in the dark now. Um, So, yeah, I don't know where to start. Uh, So I guess I'm best known um, as an actress. Uh, I used to work on Hollyoaks. I was there for years and years and years and uh, then went on from there I played Becca on Hollyoaks then went on to the bill um for a few years played PC Sally Armstrong and then uh just reeling off my CV now which is probably really boring so I just is it uh, I then did Strictly Come Dancing got to the semi-finals of that a wonderful crazy exhausting bizarre but amazing again experience um and then, yeah, lots of different things since then. I wear loads of hats these days. Um, yeah, but most importantly, uh, yeah, wife to David, my husband, and mother to Isla, and pregnant with number two right now. So it's all happening. So how old's Isla? Isla's two and a half. And how far along are you? I'm 26 weeks this week. <gasps> oh my gosh, already? Ah. Yeah, it goes so fast. I can't believe it. The second one. I was so sick at the beginning because I always get tremendous morning sickness. And I had that um, with Isla as well and, and really up till about 20 weeks. And in that early stage, you just feel rubbish. And I was mm. trying, you know, parenting a wild toddler. Um, I just, yeah, it's taken, I guess, it, what am I trying to say? I'm really feeling like I'm connecting with the pregnancy like more now and I have the more opportunities, I guess, since I'm feeling her wriggling. Her? 
I've given it away. Oh, oh, no. no, it's fine. Do you know what? I thought I could, would do that on this because I'm not said it. I have to check with David that that's okay. We didn't actually have that conversation. Okay, so I'm pregnant with a little girl, another little girl. Oh. Um, it was bound to happen uh, that, yeah, that I'd blurt it out. But um, yeah, we, we knew for a while. We found out early. Um, and I don't really know why we were keeping it secret. It was just one of those things. We just kept quiet about it for a bit. But there we go. That's oh my word so I just want to have a sister yeah um, magical that is so magical so what will the age gap be between them three years three years okay yeah. so I think that that's the same as me isn't it three years I have a one and a four-year-old so yeah yeah three years. Yeah. yeah three years that's right yeah. how is it how is it how are you how are you fine no actually fine it's mental but it's lovely we're now really starting to see the really really lovely moments where Elwood and Amandine are playing together loads and actually Amandine now goes to preschool uh, two mornings a week and it was only when she started preschool that I realized how much she entertains Elwood they'll just go into the corner and play with the Lego together and it's I know it is magical it's amazing because Isla's very much at that age and it's it's lovely she's like play with me mommy play with me daddy play with me play with me and we because we work from home most of the time and uh which Isla's not at nursery yet um so she's going to go to preschool when she's three um but yeah so we sort of doing the juggling parenthood things and uh, thing and she's yeah just really in this moment in time just looking for engagement all the time and play and the mum guilt that comes with that is huge, isn't it? Because yeah. every time Amandine says, can you play with me, mummy? Can you play with me? I really have to choose my words so carefully. I don't want to be saying, no, mummy's busy. But she also needs to know that life goes on and I can't be playing with her all the time. Um, I remember when I was uh, pregnant with Elwood and one of my friends said, you know, if you can just do 10 minutes with Amandine of pure focused engagement with her in the day then it'll feel like you've been playing with her all day almost and supposedly that's true and when I do do it it really really works and it's wonderful and we do feel really connected how do you juggle working from home and having Isla at home all the time David and I tag team so we're both freelancers he's like actor director producer um he now produces lots of audio drama and so he has day his prep days. He's at home, so he's a mate. I, I have to say, like I've got video footage of this, but literally he'll be on a Zoom call. She'll come running in. He's got her on a, his knee. There's a she, he's got a whiteboard next to his desk, and she sits and draws on the whiteboard. And so he's he's very like inc- inclusive. Yeah. I think it's because it was how his brain works. Like he's able to multitask like that, and I'm actually not so good at that. Um, I almost need to give 100% of my attention in one direction or another and so yeah like now while we're doing this David's downstairs with her for a couple of hours playing and so I'm able to do this but yeah it's a constant back and forth between us literally we now pretty much have a state of the union every Sunday night it's like well so you know I've got a voiceover tomorrow I've got this audition or I've got to get this self-tape done can you have her these times and Mm. Mm. it's so difficult isn't it I I mean it's great that you have what sounds like good communication between you and David that you can really you know set up your week ahead by having that Sunday night conversation almost no it doesn't always go that smoothly (laughs) like I think I really was like I you know god 
Yes, yes, we do have good. I think we are good communicators. Um, but also we during the course of a week, things change for us all the time. Mm. So there's a constant adjusting of our sales that we have to get used to. And yeah, some there's always going to be tension for that sometimes. Mm, um, yeah, we're the most horrendous communicators. I think anyone has probably ever seen. So we do. <laughs> we do not have that type of Sunday night. Uh, sit down and chat when we really it would help a lot if we did I think it would help a lot if we did um but in any case so tell me how are you feeling in this pregnancy let's switch okay. the topic we'll, we'll head on to relationships we'll come back. later down the line we'll we'll bookmark that one <laughs> let's definitely let's definitely wheel back to that because this this things with us I was thinking straight I don't want to be like oh yeah we're just so we're you know perfect because we're freaking not and uh, we really do have our moments and uh, one of our big things I'll just drop it just to make you know for the sake of balance um uh, is about tiredness because Isla's never mm. been a sleeper and uh we're both quite sleep deprived quite a lot of the time and so it, we do do we do enter into the competitive like who's the most exhausted which I just feel like right now I I just trump everything. So he hasn't got, like, I'm pregnant. I'm really tired. Uh, so I feel like I win, like, straight away. But, yeah, that kind of competitive um, thing between couples is not great. And I you know it's we not both, good. It's actually mostly generated by me, that one. But, yeah, but that's know. amazing in a way that you can admit that and you recognise that and, you know, whether you can admit it in the moment. <laughs> no, it's usually I have to pull it back afterwards and I've got better at apologizing (laughs) (laughs) how are you feeling in your second pregnancy I feel really lucky that it's happened again because um I'm that little bit older and um yeah we were like well we don't even know whether it's going to be possible or not let's just go for it and see what happens and the first month boom like I felt which was amazing yeah I feel really like yeah really lucky and really relieved about that because it did take us a while with Isla and we were literally at the point where we were about to seek fertility treatment and then um I the letter arrived for our our referral letters arrived on the kitchen they were on the kitchen table and I did a test that morning and we'd fallen with her so yeah it was really amazing but I love um now I'm feeling her and feeling her kicking mm. and moving and wriggling around that really I don't know. Oh we also like I went for um I was I had a scan at about just before my 20 week scan. Mm. And um she because actually Isla had um ju- jumped on I sort of did a WWF like butt drop onto my tummy. <laughs> like in in her, in her sleep actually so she really didn't mean to um but it really I remember it really hurt I was like oh I don't feel great and I felt a bit of movement and I didn't feel any movement for a couple of days I thought I'm going to go for a reassurance scan and so I went and did that and uh, in the scan she was wriggling around she's I just Aww. looked at her and I was like she's another lunatic we've got another <laughs> lunatic on our hands she was trying to eat the placenta that was weird. Oh, I've got a video of that. Oh she was sucking God. her thumbs. That she took her thumb out and then she started sucking the placenta. It's like, this is going to be a hungry baby. I fed with Isla for two and a half years as well. Mm. And until I was three months pregnant with this one. And I'm quite nervous about the nights again and the sleep, that level of sleep deprivation, which I feel like I took me to the edges of my personality and beyond. Um, mm. And so, my God, how do I how do I do it? How am I going to do it? But we figure it out. 
do you think you'll do the do you think you'll do the same or do you think kind of for your sanity you will need to switch it up or what do you think I'm it's difficult isn't it because I was able to breastfeed before it's Mm. what I know so on one level I can't imagine you know hope that it works out again but on one level I can't imagine not doing that because Mm. that I think will feel you know familiar to me Mm. um but at the same time I think I've got to find a way that she'll take a bottle um as well whether it's expressed or whatever would I Um, never take a bottle did you try or I tried every bottle of the Frinking Market. (laughs) I just couldn't do it. But bless her, there was so much going on at the time with her allergies and things and reflux and this, that and the other. And before we had her diagnosed with multiple severe allergies, we just didn't know what was really going on with her, but she was not a comfortable, happy baby at that point. Mm. Um, So yeah, trying all kinds of bottle teats just wasn't going to make any difference. I think, you know, she was really searching for some kind of looking back searching for comfort that would come through breastfeeding temporarily Elwood is what he's 18 months now and we're still going which is longer than I did with Amandine we stopped uh when Amandine was 14 months because um we really struggled to conceive Elwood I can't remember if we spoke about this before but we really really struggled and of course this was all during COVID that we were trying and uh it took us over a year to conceive Elwood. Wow, I didn't realise that. It was it was probably, I would say, the reason why our... I'm, I'm quite open about this on the podcast, but the reason why our, the start of Hendrik and I's relationship kind of issues is maybe a bit strong, but wobbles, <laughs> waves, because it's had such a huge impact on our relationship, you know, every single month without the uh, destruction of life, because mm. we were all housebound. It was, it almost was like, you know, we had this one thing to achieve and we couldn't achieve it um, whilst having Amaldine. And anyway, it took us a long time to conceive Elwood. Uh, and that's why I stopped with Amandine breastfeeding her at 14 months because we had advice from doctors that maybe that would have an effect. And if you stop, try that. And uh, I, I always wonder if actually it had any difference, it would, would have made any difference at all, who knows. But Elwood is still breastfeeding, which is great, but I do feel like I would quite like to maybe down, reduce the feeds to one or two a day So a morning and an evening feed rather than in the middle of the day and also when he wakes at night. Although we have, I don't, I want to be fair to him, we have had an amazing streak of him sleeping through the night for about two weeks with the occasional couple of days. I know, I know. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. Amazing. What (laughs) a win. Amazing. I know. It was when, surprise, surprise, Hendrik started putting him down to bed and I think he I fed him and then Hendrik did books with Elwood put him down and then I think he realized okay well if I wake up in the middle of the, the night there's nothing coming my way because it's Hendrik that put, it's Papa that put me to bed not Mama and um made a huge difference huge and now I can also feed him do books put him to bed and he won't wake up although last night he did but anyway we're winning we're on it's a amazing. streak 
we're honest. I love that you're also still mama and papa because <laughs> we have gone for, I went rapid fire from like mama when she first started talking to mummy really quickly. And I was like, oh, okay, we're here, mummy. And now it's mum and dad because she's obsessed with Bluey, obsessed. Oh, I love yeah. it, actually. I really like, I like I find it. it quite amusing. I think it's one of the best ones, but, um, yeah. but they're mum and dad. And now she'll also only refer to herself as Bluey. So she introduces herself as Bluey. She's the artist formerly known as Bluey. Um, and uh, yeah, so she's now, now we're mum and dad. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to be mum and dad. That's my alarm. Sorry, I'm just going to do this little test. There we go. So just did my little blood test and that's all, all fine, which is good. And I'm happy to report. So how many times do you have to do it a day? So I test. I test my blood because I had uh, gestational diabetes with the last pregnancy. Um, I've had to test from 16 weeks and uh, I test basically when I first wake up and then after every an hour after every meal. I mean, right now I'm managing it with my diet. So I've not been medicated, um, but I honestly don't know how it will unfold because last time around I was diagnosed really late in the pregnancy. It was only, oh God, I was about 37 weeks um so this time I'm a bit it it does feel still kind of new to me so we'll see what happens well if you have gestational diabetes the first time around it's quite normal to have it the second time around as well I think so that's my understanding they certainly feel the need to test from earlier I think Mm. because they can maybe catch it a little bit sooner I'm not too sure but I, I, Mm. I believe so and there's other factors again I'm 40 so that kind of puts me in an already a higher risk bracket and all that kind of stuff fun times <laughs> fun times, <laughs> fun times. <laughs> do they call do they still call it geriatric pregnancy nobody's that nobody's actually said it to me out loud I'm sorry <laughs> no 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 I mean we've we've discussed it at home definitely uh but no I thought that it would be banded around it, that term but yeah I think it is, it is so I'm definitely considered that but no the only time it's been really pointed out was it uh, when I was discussing what tests I was going to have and okay. all of this kind of stuff. And they were like, well, due to the maternal age. So it's just referred okay. to as even Cost. to me, like the maternal age. I was like, oh, what? I'm 40, you can just say it. <laughs> oh, God. Do you know what? One thing that's quite nice is that I don't really feel alone. Whenever I go no. to my appointments, everybody's the same, around the same sort of age. Like, Yeah, I see more people my sort of age group I think then I see youngsters I don't know if they just make the appointments that way and stick all the old birds together <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I don't think so but I think we just uh yeah maybe doing it later yeah I yeah here's one for you I got asked as well uh, maybe it's sensible I don't know but yeah well I had a chat because Isla was a c-section baby um I was talking to the pediatrician about having a, another c-section because mm-hmm. at the moment that's how I feel that's the way I'd like to go and um uh he said do you do you want us to cut your um tubes at the same time and I was like um uh wow um like I'm going to come back to you on that one thanks I don't know I don't know how to compute it and he he said to me if you were 35 you know oh no if you were 30 we wouldn't be having this conversation oh so to be fair to the dude that was talking to me his first question actually his leading question was uh do 
are you do you feel that your family will be complete after this um pregnancy and as it stands I do feel that way so I said yes and um but as it stands, I feel like that, that way. But uh, yeah, and then so that was his next question. So and I believe it's kind of quite commonplace to ask that. It just kind of shocked me. And so I, I don't want to stare down the barrel of the end of my fertility like right now. I mean, maybe if you're a really super practical person and you know that you're done, I mean, maybe that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and But yeah, for me, I think... I just know that I, there would be some grief around that. Mm. And there will be grief around it, I think, mm. whether we have more children or not. They're just they're coming to the end of that part of that chap, that season of my life. Like, mm. I'm going to, I know I'm going to feel it. And um, mm. so I don't think I need to do that the morning, you know, new baby, abdominal surgery, and also hello, the end of baby making. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's kind of how I feel. I've had huge difficulty accepting the realization of our family being complete. I would continue baby making. I love it. And I I say I love being pregnant. But with Elwood, actually, I didn't love it so much. With Amaldine, I loved it. Elwood, I think he was a much bigger baby. He was a 10-pound baby. He was huge. And towards the end, I just was not loving it. Um, but there is nothing... I want more than to be pregnant again and have another baby, but it is just not something that Hendrik wants at all, ever. It was a fight to have baby number two. Um, and he he puts it down to his age. He's 46. Um, and he says that he doesn't want any more because he feels like he'll be too old, which is fair enough. You know, that's fair enough. But also he's preaching to the wrong (laughs) choir here, seeing as I had a much, 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 much older father. So, you know, and life was still wonderful. I would say probably about twice a month, I'm like, sure you don't want another one? Are you sure? (laughs) Is that always around the time you're ovulating? I think that's always... I have no idea. I haven't had my periods back yet. So I I honestly have no idea. Um, But possibly (laughs) that would make sense, wouldn't it? You know, it's, I think it's me. I have to work on um, ex- my acceptance of it, really. But that will happen over time, won't it? And I and I can, coming out of the other side of the newborn bit, and now Elwood's sleeping so much better, and now I'm able to see the kids playing so well together, and I'm able to see snippets of time that I can have for myself by myself, I went to have a massage two days ago. Nice. It was amazing. I know. First one in probably a year and a half, two years, two years. Um, those bits are looking wonderful. And so I'm probably, you know, that that seeing that ahead makes it easier to accept, okay, well, we won't be going back into the newborn stage again. Do you guys have any kind of support as a couple? Like, have you seek? Do you talk to anybody, or do you as in therapy? Yeah. Well, no, not as a couple. Oh, sorry, coming straight in with that question. No, it's good. It's because I was thinking that's um, something that David and I that definitely has. You know, like I said, we are not perfect, but um, to communicate those things that can be mm. quite difficult. I feel like it would give us a neutral space where we can 
talk and have a conversation without interrupting each other, without talking over each other, with hopefully it not getting too heated, and we can actually have a conversation, because that seems to be our issue at the moment, is that we can't actually have a conversation where we resolve anything in that conversation, um, because it either ends up one of us getting really angry normally me I have I have been having therapy I've actually stopped I've spoken about it on the podcast before but I've been having therapy for probably six months or so found this amazing lady who luckily was five minutes down the road from me and actually the last few sessions that we had were wonderful we did a walk and talk so we went into our local woods and we had therapy that way and it was just brilliant but we definitely got to a point in the therapy where I knew what I could work on for myself to make everything seem or feel a little bit more manageable. Um, And she helped me to understand the reactions Hendrik may have uh, to things and why. But we definitely got to a point where, okay, if this, if we're actually going to resolve anything relationship wise needs to be the both of us, maybe in the future he will. Um, But do you find it helpful? Yeah, massively. We have, I mean, we've I've, we've had therapy separately and together and we actually went to therapy together when I was pregnant uh, with Isla and it was more of a how do I put it so we planned to do it actually before we got married as because we're not particularly religious so we weren't going to have um marriage classes with the, at a church or anything like that and so we just wanted to have a, create a space for us both to share because I think that's one thing we can I don't know I saw what you're saying you know I relate to and like pe- things just getting inflammatory and pe- reactive and um not really coming away feeling like either of you have been heard or mm. you know all of that sort of stuff and I think it's really important for both him and I and so yeah just to create a space so we did it as a bit of a preemptive move really um and oh sorry what was I saying we were meant to go we were planning to go when I was uh, before we got married but then I was absolutely flat out with work and we couldn't do it and so we fell pregnant not long after we got married uh, and so we decided to go then so we went in the early stages and then I'm just so glad that we made that connection with that that therapist because we both really really liked her um and it felt like a really safe a positive space for us mm. um and so then when we were we had Isla when everything kicked off with her allergies we both um had done a PTSD uh we'd been assessed for PTSD through local services because of everything um after her anaphylaxis and both scored highly on that and we were like oh my god we really need some support here if we are going to be strong for her and strong for each other um and so at that point I went back to her actually and I see her now on my own um but I've been doing that pretty much I don't know I think maybe the last couple of years Mm. and that's been absolutely brilliant yeah I feel kind of bad in a way because like she's now become my she's ended up becoming my therapist but it's quite interesting because she spent that time with both of us so she I think has a really deep understanding of our dynamics and every you know god every all relationships I think are built on dynamics and triggers mm. and this that mm. and the other I mean not I can speak about it with any kind of authority but just from my own experience um mm. so it's really helped us understand a bit more about each other and dare I say it it's not always possible but sometimes find compassion 
for one another, which can just be so hard when you're irritating the shit out of one another and you're both really tired mm. and you don't feel like either of you are listening. Mm. Um, I mean, we've also had, I mean, I'm sure you, you know, you guys are working from home, so you're kind of on top of each other all day, every day, aren't you? Which is a very similar dynamic to what Hendrik and I have had this last, what, getting on to three years, really, because COVID obviously stopped him from working, the pandemic stopped him from working. We then had the time we had conceiving Elwood, which was a really tricky time. And then, you know, he's he's actually had a, a medical issue, so he hasn't been back to work. You know, we have been in each other's pockets raising two children for three years, almost. I mean, that is hardcore. That's we're not, hardcore. We're not built for that. You know, I feel like our relationship, it is unrecognisable now. And you just think... God. And we've been together for 10 years now. So it's kind of, it's a long time. And we've got two kids and, and, would you get longer? It's easy. I was going to say a really, a really shit joke then. I'm not going to no, say No, go on. <laughs> no, something about getting longer, uh, less time for murder. Um, but <laughs> it's uh, awful, not funny. But oh, yeah, it's tough. I think the pandemic and all of that, I sort of feel like so many people are good, will relate to what you're saying. And I certainly mm. do. And I think that it just brought there. We were in such a hot house. Like it just, mm. and, and being, you know, parents through all, all of that. Mm. um the anything that was underlying just felt yes. like it ended up all over the floor yeah. it was like everything yeah. and but in some ways I'm like we've seen each other like we know each other now we know the bones of each other we know what we can what we're capable of mm. when you were talking about rage mm. and anger and how it came up for you how did David respond to that was he supportive? um or was it kind of like, well, hang on a minute, uh, that's not what I married? <laughs> or no, how was it? I think he was alarmed. And then I think he, because a lot of it was in his direction, to be honest. Mm. Um, and then I think he wanted to, that, to help me. <laughs> so he was like, okay, this isn't what she's at the, she's in the red. I think he recognized, thank Christ, that I was in the red. And so he did help me. Um, so he was the one actually, he got in touch with some of my friends. He got in touch with my parent, my mom, and was just like, she, she's in the red, she needs some support. And he kind of started to pull in uh, support wherever he could. He's quite, it's quite clever, his wiring in that way. I think he's got some quite positive, what's the word I'm looking for? But like survival instincts, but yeah, kind of mm. survival instincts, but strategies. And I think his first, he's from a great big Irish family. And I think his first thought was we need to pull people in. And uh, I think I just was so isolated. I wasn't really talking, communicating with anyone. I was exhausted. I hadn't slept, you know, more than, I don't know, like an hour or two for a really long time. And so, yeah, he had quite, I feel fortunate that he reacted in that way, actually. So I still, you know, in some ways that was quite healing for me because I felt that he loves me <laughs> no, no, matter that, uh, no matter what. And I guess that's what's come out of like, no matter how ugly things I have been, he mm. still loves me. And that's meant the world really. Mm. How was it for you? <laughs> 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 is it? How is it for you? 
don't get me wrong. Okay, we have our wonderful days. <laughs> like I'm very much talking about bad days here. We have wonderful days and, you know, I love him very much. I never want, you know, people to think, oh my gosh, he's, you know, the devil. These are just the highlighted points that I'm talking about that I feel others really may well resonate with a lot, yeah. especially when children are brought into a relationship. Um, Basically, whatever, the, the same thing you would do if you were, say, with your sibling in the same space as them for three years um trying to parent you know we're we're nitpicking each other and um also I have I think I've lost a lot of self-confidence within the whole uh within the whole pandemic I think I've um lost this again I think is very common in well I know it's very common in motherhood but lost a sense of of who I am and I also think I'm at that point in life where I'm doing a lot of self-reflection and a lot of self-development where it gets a bit confusing mm-hmm. and you're thinking well hang on who am I but what 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 do I really believe in you know I've always kind of been a very much a sit on the fence kind of person you know I I rarely give my opinion on something unless it's been my personal experience I'm definitely someone to speak from experience rather than reading up and forming an opinion off other people's opinions I find Mm -hmm. that um quite quite that's a very vulnerable space for me so I tend not to put myself in it or I'm going through a stage in my life where I'm not confident and sure who I am and this sounds very I don't know this might not make sense you are totally making sense am I yeah (laughs) carry on that you know it's very difficult for I think Hendrik to read as well um because you know I'm not the same person that he married you know seven years ago but I'm also not sure what I'm developing or you know who I'm developing into either do you know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, I am also very self-accepting that a lot of what he says triggers me because of a lot of the work that I am doing. Whereas, you know, maybe a while ago, it wouldn't have triggered me in that way because I haven't been doing a lot of self-development and looking quite deeply into who I am and, you know, noticing things from the past and, uh, you know, my shadows I know we've spoken about that before maybe we'll go into it in a bit more detail later in the podcast um but you know I can't expect him to be you know keeping up with all of that as well you know so um and also my humor's gone I think worst I think I've become quite serious over the course of the pandemic and my ability to I guess it's lack of practice isn't it my ability to form a joke or take a joke or or notice when something is meant tongue-in-cheek or and you know Hendrik, it's his humor is quite hard to read sometimes. So when my sister, when Michelle comes over, Michelle's my sister, mm. um, you know, she'll laugh at things that he says. And I'm like, fuck, was that funny? Is that was that funny? Because I think he said that last week, and I went mental at him because that wasn't funny to me. And you know, it's only times like that when I think, oh my God, actually, oh, I'm just living life in the most uncomfortably serious way and I, and I don't want that either you know so yeah mess <laughs> oh but not mess like 
doing the work and moving through this stuff and uncovering things. And I think there's so much that you said then that resonated. I think I really get, I feel unrecognisable to before motherhood and before the pandemic. And I feel like even with the pandemic, like I look, you talk talk to anyone for long enough about it and look into their eyes. And there's, there's a lot there and a lot of us have been through and a lot behind closed doors mm. and um yeah I think that's we can't underestimate what our society society has been through what we've been through yeah collectively and as individuals it's mm. just a lot also when you were saying about um I want to play like amateur psychologists with you because I'm not but I, I you know I'm really not I'm not qualified I'm not and I'm really glad that you've had you've found help and have been talking to somebody about all of this um but it's hard to be playful Mm -hmm. and connect with that part of yourself when you're when there's shit going on Mm -hmm. like that's a difficult that because playful you know you know as an actor I kind of get it because as a for, for me to be in that space acting working with other actors it's really almost quite childlike state to be in quite open quite vulnerable quite playful to be seeing the funny and you know responding in that way and if you're not in that space right now you are not in that space right now and there will be a reason there's always a reason there's always um and it's like being be kind to yourself it doesn't mean you've suddenly become captain serious <laughs> can't see you're laughing now so that it's got to feel to be playful it's got to feel safe right mm. it's got to and yeah I guess yeah that's definitely familiar to me just even from an acting point of view I have to feel safe to feel open and connect and be silly and let Mm. my guard down Mm. um it's like a fundamental part it will come it you know it's just you've got to feel feel it Mm. first I have you come across um Emma Warrilow Playful Den I think so she's been on the podcast before and she actually is her expertise is play with kids kids play and it's amazing you know she does so much for kind of adult play as well and how you need to or how to bring adults into their playful mindset to really facilitate child's play Mm -hmm. and it's really amazing what she talks about and and kind of what she does on an Instagram even if you go onto her Instagram page it's the most fantastic array of just colors and bright and bold and you look at her children you just think oh my god just the whole family just radiates play and joy and happiness and yeah it's just incredible but I do look at her page also and think oh crap how (laughs) it might be it might be a it sounds great. It sounds lovely. It might be a bit of a reach right now. Then maybe there's like <laughs> steps, you know, a, a, B, and C, or one, two, and three before you jump to like nine or ten when you're finding each other hilarious again. And yeah, you know, but then maybe that's something. Maybe there's something there. Like maybe how I wonder if there's a way. I don't know. Again, for for you guys to facilitate a bit of soft time for each other sometimes. Well, I definitely think the fact that we haven't been on a date or had any alone time with each other since long before Amandine was born, so that's plus four years, is huge. And also, you know, yeah, it just... Relationships need that, don't they? They they need one-on-one time. They need that physical connection, emotional connection, validity of feeling heard and, you know 
space, creating space for one another needs to happen. And with children, constantly, it it doesn't happen. Um, and, you know, in the evenings, what was happening was Amaldine was going to bed at nine o'clock. So even then, by the time nine o'clock came around, we'd look at each other and be like, okay, see ya. <laughs> good night and to be fair we're the same like we are and I was thinking I was saying all of this like oh yeah he was just great and he just was like she needs some help I'm gonna get that sorted out like it was not that clear cut and uh, I totally gave you know I I frightened him just wheeling back to the rage thing for a second I do actually also remember that I was uh I really thought because I'd had that conversation all those years ago about when the rage would come and that in a way I kind of needed to access my anger about things um about historical things about all kinds of things it just needed it had it kind of had to happen for me I did slightly defend my right to be experiencing that at the time Mm -hmm. so I think any thoughts that he may have had of like I don't like this I'm gonna stop this I was like no like I need to do this right now do not contain the Hulk do not contain (laughs) the Hulk but it's like yeah I had to have that expression to then kind of I don't know start trying to find ways to settle myself but yeah even this morning I I actually like I hissed at him like it's awful I hissed him he was parking and I because I and it's my fault again like I was um yeah in a bit of a nagging place I probably said it sounded like his mom but not his mom but like specific but just a mom of his uh but he um yeah he was trying to park and I was like I don't think you're close enough to the curb and he was like I am like it's fine look blah blah blah. and I just turned around and went it's like was that a me like yeah it was I literally like gave it like Jurassic Park like I don't even know what that was so he does put up with some shit oh gosh and why do all that why for us anyway all our arguments pretty much happen in the car because we're contained and no one, no one can no one can run no one away. can run exactly but that's my, that's definitely my doing because his his kind of go-to for an argument is just oh, now's not the time and then he walks out of the room and I'm like okay great yeah oh so you've got him if you're in the car <laughs> well, I wish we had like a taxi glass mm-hmm. where you could just up this the glass and then you can have a mad out row and the kids will be none the wiser that's almost worse isn't it because you're trying to hold it down because you've got little people and little ears and then it's get into proper pressure cooker situations but I wanted to come back to the word that you said about triggers because with all of the work that I've done on myself through my therapy sessions (laughs) I now am approaching Hendrik and I's arguments being like okay why is what he's saying triggering me so much? And, you know, what do I have or have I learned in my past that is bringing up all of this emotion that I seem completely unable to control? You know, when people say, well, toddlers aren't naughty, they're just not naughty. They just have emotions which they don't know how to control. I am a toddler. <laughs> because I literally have these emotions and I can't control them, whether it's kind of, you know, complete, I think I WhatsApped you, voice noted you about this, but just overwhelming anger, which has come up in motherhood somehow. And it just gets triggered a lot. And it's that, you know, 
desperate need to go and physically, you know, let it out somewhere. Incredible Hulk yourself. Yes. And just like burst out of your skin. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Have you have you ever felt like that? <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like hearing you say that, there's a part of me, I have to be honest, that wants to go, yes. Yeah. And that's say, how weird is that? But it's because I'm... I don't know, for me, like, I found anger just such a hard thing to access. Mm. Like, it didn't really exist Mm. in me. There was just a space where anger maybe should have and could have resided, and it just didn't. It was so, so, so suppressed. Um, And I think it was, yeah, combination of of sleep deprivation, uh, allergies, anaphylaxis, all of that, and being in a global pandemic Mm. that meant that, that I got in touch with those parts of myself and it was ugly as hell and it was messy and it and awful and hard and scary and all of the fields but I just think I feel like it happens for so many women actually Mm. in that moment especially like good girls that have Mm -hmm. um you know that have been really trained to uh not respond in certain ways and maybe there's quite a big delay in the immediacy of our react what might be a natural reaction to something um and that it's yeah, I remember in therapy, like, years ago, um, the therapist saying, talk, I was talking about anger and her saying, you know, that I'm, she was saying to me, like, I'm feeling angry for you at times here because I noticed that you're not, <laughs> it's not really there for you, but I'm feeling it for you, um, which is quite interesting. And she was like, one, she said these words to me, one day the rage will come and when it does, it will be real. <laughs> And I have never forgotten about that. And then when it happened, I was like, oh my God, this is it. But part of me knows that she'd be relieved for me that that it had to come out of me and it had to, I don't know, there's something that happens in that moment. You know, it's not that we should all be running around just losing our shit at each other, like completely out of control and unreasonable. But this, I don't know, there's something in it that like when I hear you say that, I'm like, I'm... I'm glad that you've, I don't know, felt angry about some shit mm. that maybe mm. it's a little justified and maybe mm. it's not the worst thing in the world that it's that you've got there. And okay, so there's going to be lots now about how do I regulate myself? How do I regulate yeah. my emotions? How do I kind of like you saying like being a toddler mm. again? I totally get that. And um how do you soothe that toddler within you in the same way that you know you would for Amandine or for Elwood or, you know, and be there for them? Like, how do we learn then to start parenting ourselves and be there for mm-hmm. ourselves? Um, so it's kind of, it's like you've got to push through that. Inc- this is how I see it, like the world according to me, like push through that incredible Hulk moment. And then, okay, how this is there. This is, and it's allowed. It's okay. Like it's, it's not actually normal. And the more I look mm. into it, and, uh, there's a brilliant do- uh, Dr. Caroline Boyd on um, Instagram who's really worth a follow. She does loads on mum rage and all of that. But we're trying to parent in there's so much, you know, mm. like a kind of crazy time, you know, it's comp- all of the issues around childcare. There's no support. Where's the freaking village? It doesn't exist. Yeah. We're all of it. <laughs> trying to figure out how to do this alone a lot of us in our various corners um exhausted and and pretty most you know a lot of people pretty unsupported 
mm. in a freaking you know the worst economic climate as well after everything we've all been through it's like some more fear and anxiety on top of that is it any wonder <laughs> I don't know sorry that became quite the rant didn't it no not, but, at, all. <laughs> not at all but I wanted to pick out a few things because a, a few things that you said really struck home with me and I think because, you know, we are cousins and we've grown up together, you will probably be able to say yes, Emma. Um, But I've really had to tackle the good girl in me because I feel like, you know, I was very much brought up, probably having a dad as a, uh, who was much older, but I, I was always brought up to be a good girl, you know, not to talk back, not to act out ever when we are in public, you know, and I, (laughs) even when I, you know, rage comes over me in my head, I'm thinking, no, this isn't who I am. I am a good girl. This is not who I am. And then I'm thinking, but wait, hang on a minute. Maybe it is who I am, but it's not who I've been conditioned to be. And all of that, (laughs) absolute mind explosion. And you're thinking, how do I not put this onto my children? How do I not bring up Amandine especially? Because I think Elwood, knowing his character, won't have any of the good boy thing, even if I tried to mould him <laughs> like a piece of Play-Doh into that. But Amandine especially, I don't want her to be a good girl. I, I want her to make mistakes. I want her to be naughty in the playground because she needs to know that she's still going to be loved, even if she's naughty in the playground. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying that I ever felt like I wouldn't be loved if I was naughty. Does it ever, does the unpacking of shit ever stop? No. <laughs> then you find little compartments with shit that you didn't yeah. even realise you'd packed or someone else has packed for you. And there's just more. Exactly. And then there's more. Yeah. It's just layers, isn't it? But I, yeah, I know it's going to be an interesting journey for this one, obviously having our mums as sisters. And mm. I think there's a lot down the matriarchal line for mm. us. And there's, mm. you know, loads we could talk about. Maybe it'd be interesting to get our mums on one day and see if oh, they just... Yeah talk about it you know just talk about how they were raised and all of that kind of stuff it's no one's I think part of it's what's not they were parenting in a different time as well and we talk about all of this stuff so much more like we are now and and also no one sorry no one parents thinking I'm gonna really fuck you up (laughs) (laughs) we hope I hope not yeah like do you know what I'm gonna really screw this one up like just for a laugh yeah exactly you know no uh, we're parenting in the best way we know how our mums I'm sure parented in the best way they knew how there's so much of it societal as well like roles of women all of it you know yeah I so I'm really happy that you said one thing in the middle of that about uh playing up in public I can't remember Mm -hmm. the words that you use but that really struck a chord for me because we had this like I feel the same about you uh, about Isla as you do about Amandine I think is that I want her to feel loved whatever behavior she's producing like Mm -hmm. it's just behavior it's just yeah um but uh, this morning we t- we don't go out much at all we took her to a cafe because there's a nut free cafe up the road which oh, is an amazing dream for us and the, the woman that owns it has a has a child with multiple allergies and so her vegan stuff is a hundred percent no you know as much as anywhere can be without risk of contaminant cross-contamination because she's in the same boat as us um so we can take isla there for cake and everything so david had taken her there i joined them 
Um, and I was taken to doing this thing since I've been pregnant, uh, crying like a baby. So she's, there's something going on with me being pregnant and her wanting to be the baby. And she has just found the tone that is, would just drive the calmest of, per, of humans insane. It's just oh, like, no. she's found the exact note for the baby cry. And she was doing it at full volume in this cafe and everyone's turning around. And day, I, she refers to herself as Bluey so my first tactic was like hello baby hello it's nice to see you baby I'd love to talk to Bluey because I talk to Bluey to just try and get a freaking stop and then David tried I can't remember tried it the nice way I tried it the nice way and I found myself giving it that's enough I'm messing up of that like under my breath and then David's like panicking and then his t- next tactic was like, well, if you want to come back here for cake eat again, then you'll stop kind of thing. And all the stuff like we don't want to do, we don't, we talk about it, we don't want to parent that way. And I was like, what is this? Why am I, I'm feeling like embarrassed and shamed, ashamed and all of this stuff like, and then putting it on her and really uh, and then I suddenly thought to myself, because we never do this. I haven't got, mm. it's like, what would my mum actually found myself like? What would my mum do? What would my mum do? Mm. Uh, she'd have crayons. She'd have crayons and a colouring book. <laughs> We're expecting a two-year-old to just sit and chill in a cafe with us for half an hour while I drink a coffee and we chat. Like, it's not mm. going to happen. Mm. And I was like, oh, quick. We didn't have any paper and pens. So I downloaded uh, uh, really quickly onto my phone, like a doodling app. So she oh, could nice. do- doodle. And then she doodled and she was fine. I was like, shit, Ali, for God's sake, she needed an activity. And that just gave us like another 20 minutes of just mm. being able to sit in this cafe. But I noticed it in me, that um, embarrassment coming in. At, yeah, yeah. It's like, that's got nothing to do with Isla, everything to do with me. And because we're out of, um, out of practice, I haven't got a bag full of bits and pieces to mm. occupy a two-year-old, which I'll never make that mistake again. <laughs> but... Yeah, it's just funny, but I, yeah, I guess I the way that we parent generally, we don't. I don't have that expectation that a two year old is just going to sit there and toe the line and behave herself uh, no. while we drink coffee. I think she's not there yet. She's not in that developmental place at all. Um, even, even with even with Amaldine, who's four, you know, she she isn't either. And there are multiple times when I have gone out with nothing. Um, expecting exactly the same and it's going to have a nice hot chocolate and by the time she's taken you know the cream and marshmallows off the hot chocolate she's like right well now what like yes but now it's time to leave yeah now it's time to leave I'm still drinking my hot chocolate and I do exactly the same I find myself muttering in my under my breath Amaldine this is not how we behave in public what is coming out what (laughs) what is coming out of my mouth because this in no way is how I want to be parenting but it's you know, it's like this this emotion, again, like an uncontrollable emotion that, that that is in there somewhere. And I need to form different language to get it out in a way, but the, in, a, in a language that isn't going to have been something that my mother or, you know, your mum would have said to you in uh, however it's so many hard. years ago, you know? so I think hard. also the shame, like it wasn't actually at that moment, it, I wasn't ashamed of her. I was ashamed no. of me. I yeah. felt shame. Yeah. I felt that people would be looking at me saying, thinking what kind of, you know, this narrative kicks off, like what kind of mother lets mm-hmm. their kid, you know, make all this noise and blah, 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 and disturb. And then I start thinking about other people, look, that lady's trying to work and we're disturbing her. And, uh, 
you know and it, we end up getting cross with them for being children yeah and that's when I feel quite cross with anything it can get in a shame loop with that as well though is yeah. that I start feeling guilty for that yeah that I feel like I'm not doing perfect parenting and like what is that we got you know we're all human that's one of the reasons I don't know if you noticed I'm sure you didn't but I um, I deleted kind of my uh, Emma Jolan account on Instagram where I followed loads of parenting advice and that was one of the reasons that and a few others but that was one of the reasons why I just cut it off and deleted it because I don't want to look at it because I found myself getting so overwhelmed by what I should be doing what should be happening you know tips and techniques for this tips and techniques for that that I actually started to lose my own intuition and my own how I wanted to parent from within not Mm. from attempting to pluck that from Instagram and put it into my vocabulary to give out to Amandine and I just thought you know what I am a good I am going to be a good mother okay you are a good mother I think you should say that again in the present tense I am a good mother (laughs) and I can do this and I don't need to be reading how other people are doing it to tell me how to do it well on that note (laughs) I feel like this has been a wonderful podcast for people to really get to know us for (laughs) (laughs) perhaps a little too much (laughs) perhaps a little too much we will be back though to have more of these chats so I hope you've enjoyed it and I've had a great time I've loved catching up with you it's so good to see you you too and hear that I am not alone in all of this which is pretty much the main thing I hope as ever since I ever started the podcast at the very very beginning I hope that is the number one takeaway is that you know no matter if you feel alone you are 100% not alone we all experience this crap if you have made it this far thank you so much for listening we hope you have had a wonderful hour to yourself Ali and I will be back next week with one of the main topics that bonds parents sleep join us as we share our experiences with sleep from newborn to toddler how we are still not getting any sleep and how lack of sleep and the introduction of a baby can hugely impact relationships which can leave us in total shock at such a vulnerable time more next week make sure you subscribe to mum talk wherever you get your podcasts so next week's episode lands straight in your ears please take a moment to rate and review. It makes a huge difference. And lastly, come and join our ever-growing community over at Mum Talk Podcast on Instagram.